Hey there, welcome back to the Curio Shop. Hope you enjoy what, uh, hope you find what you're looking for. I mean, the thing about you is like, you really should be a voice, voice actor. actor. Yeah. And it's, I'm going to tell you, it's not the first time that we've started the podcast with you telling me I should get into voice acting. I mean, it's just like something that should be on the horizon. I completely And I want to add myself into that. I would like to be a part of that. Feel free narrative. to take a, feel free to take a trip into the mines and. Maybe you'll find the the gemstone that could make you that the crown of the crown of wonder. I mean, it honestly is better that you're tripping up on words. It makes it it makes it, it more, more real character. Yeah, because it's like if you felt like you were a robot and you were just talking through like a script, artifact, like yeah, it's like, like artifact. It's like when they make a live action Webkin's film, a live action CGI, and make it like cats. I'm artifact, and you are Miss Birdie. One hundred and fifty percent. Now, do you? Th- what what was Miss Birdie giving? Like Miss Birdie, really you know Miss Birdie. She was she's was she the one, she works at the adoption center. She's like, hello and welcome back. Yeah, like, she's very like helping. Like, but people, were you around for what? Was was I around for what? When um, the conspiracy theories started about um, about were them. they fucking? Well, no one was saying that Artifact and Miss Birdie were fucking. No, no one was saying that. People were saying that there was a hack on Webkins where um, Miss Birdie, Dr. Quack, Dr. Quack especially. Um, Why can't I be Dr. Quack? You just, just give, you read femme. I'm just going to say it. And you're, you're not wrong. Dr. Quack and Miss Birdie were, um, they would turn evil and they would kill your pets. And it was like people were like, be be very careful and be vigilant, because if Doctor Quack like that, like the the screen will glitch and Doctor Quack is going to murder your love frog. So you're telling me? Wait, I think that this is a part of the live action movie. Well, that's what I'm saying. Oh wow! Oh, it's it like a Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, it's a horror. It's a Webkin's horror film. film. In a hundred years, when the Webkin's IP becomes public domain. Okay. The AI version. You don't think of we know someone? We can't call a few people. At Gans, yeah, and say, "Can we take your property and turn it into you, a one of our film? listeners works for Gans?" If no, because if one of our listeners worked for Gans, yep. and they're waiting in two years in yep. to let me know, I'm gonna be fucking pissed. Yep. Well, that's how it works sometimes. That's how it works. That you don't. Sometimes somebody won't speak up until they're called. And Gans. Now that we've called Gans. Into the room and into the universe. I do want to clear the air on a few matters. And I think that like, well, first of all, I want to bring it back to you. You did say that like I'm giving femme. Pretty much 24 seven. I I just thought it was interesting because you kept looking at me on the subway platform being like this outfit gives femme. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. I just like was a little bit confused because it's just like a sweatshirt. All I said was you have been femming it up lately. That's all I said. And it was nothing about the outfit. I never once brought your outfit. It was about the way you were holding that purse that you were carrying. <laughs> <laughs> it was about your lip gloss. And that was why I said it. Because how does somebody hold a freaking bag? How do you hold a bag? A tote bag around your... I mean, you can hold... No, you can hold it like you hold I just it. have big shoulders. That's what it is. Well, I have, have really massive big shoulders. shoulders and massive arms because you are so you have so much gains. Someone recently told me that the show, my I have the ideal shoulders that they want. And for me, I, I'll hold. I would say I, I, you life. have the ideal shoulders that I want. I'd be willing to even say that. You're kidding, but and I'll tell you, not these shoulders aren't what it's cracked out to be. Because with those tote bags, you can't. So you have not to walk enough around space. like a little fairy. You have to walk around with a fair as a fairy. But I'll tell you one thing: that these fairies aren't telling you. 
when you're walking around with that bag along your forearm, my bicep is engaged the entire time. I know. My like elbow is tight to the body. Like it's a, a farmer's, farmer's carry. It's kind of gorgeous. It's kind of amazing. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, I do think you've been femming it up, but I don't think that's a bad thing. No, I don't think femming it up means anything about that outfit. I just thought it was. I thought it had a correlation to the outfit, but I guess I was just completely mistaken. No, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I gave that indication. <sighs> and that's okay. And I, 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 the last thing I want to clear the air on is, um, what, what you let me know that a listener responded. We got a message earlier today. We got a message earlier today mm-hmm. from someone from a very sweet person asking a burning question. Um, they said, I have a burning question for the two of you. <laughs> and this one burned. Are you from Westchester and are you 28? And I loved that for a few reasons. <laughs> because both of those things are not right. But I like the fact that we give. Westchester? And 28. Well, I mean, we're giving Westchester. We're giving Ohio. We we're giving that. everywhere that's just not Long Island, New and York. Listen. I think that's a testament because I, for sometimes I think all we do on this podcast is talk about Long Island. No, you think that people think that we live in your childhood home. Yeah. <laughs> but I also live well, in your home with you. It was always it's always a possibility. There's I always mean, a possibility that things go south. I might not live in this home, but the fridge is always open. You know? You don't live here, but you're a full-time resident of that fridge. Correct. This is very Correct. true. My hands will be in that pantry until the day I'm in the dirt. That's kind of beautiful. Yeah. Good children. I'm sorry, like I had to go to church because I was so excited about how good it was. Yeah, I kind of, um, I changed it up there. Hey guys, and welcome back to Good Children, the podcast for hosts, Joe Hedges. And Andrew Muscarella reflect on their 23 years of friendship. Growing up in the late 2000s. Early 2010s. And all of the nostalgia. Trauma. And quarter life crises that go along with it. I just think it's funny that we're talking about quarter life crises like right we're now. Not when my quarter life wasn't when I was thirteen <laughs> yeah. years old. We our quarter life crisis happened when we literally entered middle school. That yeah. was when it began. Uh huh. Um, but I was a ri- I was still in a place of like I didn't really have that many cares in the world besides not being since like that palm got red. That these was titties grade, busting it? out of my shirt. That was like some of the only cares I had. You already you already cared in sixth grade, right? Oh, Joe, about your boobs. Your yeah. boobies. These honkers. When people looked at me Girl, and said, "What'd you say? Boys have boobies. D's. Girls have boobs." I'm pretty sure that was your proverb. Boys have boobies. boobies. Yeah, <laughs> girls have boobs. I think that makes the most sense. No, I think it might have been the other Opposite. way around. Boys have boobs. Girls have boobies. boobies. Okay. Yes. That sounds. I feel like the I E S just added a different zhuzh. Yeah. Yeah. A je ne sais quoi, if you, yeah. if you may. Um, for the chest. I like how you're sitting. I wish I had a visual of your feet because why are they both pointing in the same direction? <laughs> They're pointing towards the right side. I don't know. I just kind of feel like it's giving a nice stretch to my left. I can imagine. Uh, yeah. yeah. That sock is looking really tight. Yes, it's Joe. Looking Joe, I'm not kidding. Lately, surprisingly snug. Yes, I'm not kidding. My socks have been really snug to the leg. Are you in taking a lot to of sodium lately? I think that might be what it is because when I take my socks off my feet, the indent of my leg is it crazy? It's unlike anything you've seen. It looks like I just got off an 18-hour flight to New Zealand. Andrew, you're 
angle right now looks just like my Hungarian immigrant <laughs> grandmother. It's like it looks like she, I feel like she's in the room with us. We always shared a lot in common, you and that's why we had we bonded over the feet early on. Yeah. She knew that we had similar ankles. Wow. Yeah. But I mean, whatever. So, no, yeah, so what? I just it's was, fine. I just honestly thought maybe there, I was looking at a medical emergency. I had yeah. no. So what? I'm a little bit swole. If you're used to it, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. No, it's okay. Yeah, present. I think I think the moral of the story, and we'll leave it there, is just like buy new socks. Buy I, new socks. Just I because know. some socks fit other people doesn't mean those socks have to fit you. And yeah. I think that's what I'm learning. One in this size year. does not fit all. No, it's time to stop perpetuating that deeply harmful myth. Yeah, yeah. Enough of the one size fit all. I don't want to see that worse. with clothes. Like being a kid, and it was something was like a t-shirt was one size fits all. I was like, you best fucking believe I am not all. Like, <laughs> exactly, this is not gonna fit me. Line up all yes. because I want to see them. Like a robe being like one size fits all. I'm like, who the fuck are you talking to? I'm like, that robe can't get past this belly button. What do you mean? I've been really leaning back into my sweatshirt era. Yeah, you have. I and it makes you me. wonder. It makes this you is wonder. Body dysmorphia era. Go ahead and say it. It makes you wonder why I'm wearing so many sweatshirts. I know. Well, I also was looking at because obviously every week when we do this, we have to pick out our outfits. And I was looking back at what I've worn recently, and I was like, "Oh, I'm I'm layered up every single. I have like something. Mm-hmm. And when I don't, and I'm not layered up, I hate yep. the visual. Last and time I was, was like, "Oh God!" Really, in my sweatshirt era was in college. I was wearing a sweatshirt in you the dead couldn't heat. Take off a sweatshirt. Couldn't I? I lived in sweatshirts, and then once I transitioned out, remember that ugly ass yeah. main shirt I used to wear? No, you don't remember it. It was Boston Times. What was it? It was like I think my boss got it for me and at work, and it had a hood and it said Maine. Hi, Bev. Because you know she's listening. Yeah. Um, but it said Maine, but otherwise, I was, was always... It? I'm confused by it. Okay, I can show you, you wore it picks. often? I wore it. I Every almost day. wore it too often. I think of things you've worn Stained. too often. I, well, things you've worn too often. Let's go through them. That Vineyard Vines quarter zip that was striped only on the top. Oh, no, 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 no. Striped only on the bottom. Oh. <laughs> Blue on the top. Wow. It was a gray yeah. Shep shirt. Okay. With the blue stripe. Is that the owner's stri- name? Shep and Ian. Yes. Do your research. Shep shirt with the blue blue stripes at the bottom and the blue little shoulder pads. And what exactly did you think it was giving? <laughs> there were shoulder pads. Yeah. On what did you think that was giving? I think it was serving class. I think okay. it was serving eleganza. And I think that I was walking into school every single day and people were like, whoa, that's was- Shep. Yeah. And he has his shirt. And I think everyone definitely knew it was you walking in, you know, because it was it was almost a second skin. Yeah. And then, I mean, w- once I introduced myself to that first Shep shirt, the rest was history. There was a few Sheps to come. I don't really remember anything with that striped one. I remember you wearing it to a baseball game, a baseball game freshman year. Oh. I have a deeply twisted memory. Oh, I did wear it to a baseball game freshman year, didn't I? Yeah, I remember that. Mm, and then I got a salmon one. There was a salmon one. Oh, 
Oh, I was happy, though. For someone who wanted so badly to be perceived as heterosexual, you did not stray away from the color salmon once in yeah, your life. But, but this is what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I wanted to be perceived as heterosexual. But at the same exact time, if these straight ass losers were also wearing salmon never, nonstop, why couldn't I also wear salmon and be like, yeah, my version of straight is salmon? Because they were doing it, too. Really? Because I'm seeing a whale. Whale. But... Whatever. What else was I wearing? So I had my Shep shirt. I feel like um, my Dailers lacrosse sweatshirt. Your Dailers lacrosse sweatshirt is a frontline worker. Because that one, secret streamer, just like a Windex. Windex. It's multi-purpose. That was multi-purpose because I was letting people know that I I was comfortable, that I was athletic, Mm -hmm. and that you know what, I had a team to go back to. So Andrew, so Joe. Earlier this week, we got a voicemail from yes. a listener, and I actually think it's the perfect setup for this whole episode. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, this is the most terrifying moment in my life. Hey, um, oh my god, okay, wait, I feel like I'm speaking to, like, Jesus Christ and, and the other Jesus Christ. Um, so, I don't have a really good question, so this is, okay, why am I calling? That's, that's the question. Um... Actually, I do. Okay, I'm so much like both of you, and I admire both of you so much, and I think you've taught me more than anyone else in my entire life, Um, which sounds really sad when I say it, but I promise it isn't. Um, I love Andrew to death. I would be his bestie, absolutely. Same for Joe, but it's a little bit different with Joe because beyond wanting to be your bestie, I am so much like you and see myself in you and... Not to call you out or not to call me out, but your insecurities <laughs> and your passions as well. I'm a screenwriter. Um, I don't know. The question, which, yeah, that's the point of this, is that, like, how do you get to the point of confidence where you both are? How do you love yourself as much as I feel like you both love yourselves and carry yourselves? And, like, how do I be as cool as you, I guess, is the question. Um yeah, that's it. I'll set up now. Um, love you guys. Bye. I wish we got your name. I know. It really, like, calls like that. Put everything into perspective. Everything. Like, I think you're fucking cool already. You're listening to good children and you want to be a screenwriter. Come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Come on, the, come on the show. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's a great place to start. Yeah. I think that we could start by just saying, without being self-deprecating, I don't necessarily consider us cool people, nor do I consider us the beacons of self-love or of confidence. No. I think we do a really great job of being confident here because we're with each other. Right. But even we're also confident. But sometimes I'm not trying to be confident. I'm just like no. <laughs> just talking. Sometimes existing. Just saying what I'm thinking. But I mean like we I will say, Joe, over the past year and a half to almost two years, we have ex- we have our confidence has went through the roof for where from where we were. Well, I have to wonder if that was triggered by our quarter life crises. <laughs> That's a great segue into talking about quarter life crisis. Yeah. So what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about the fact that we're one fourth of the way done with this little we're life well of ours. We're well one fourth, personally, the two of us. 
When you put it that way, like it really, how can you continue this conversation? Well, we're not going to live to 120 something, 100 and over 110s. You, sir, cannot do math. <laughs> and, and that is amazing. Wait, I'm sorry. For a second, I thought we were in, like, I was doing the math as if we were in our 30s already. Because you keep telling me you're a 30 year old man. I'm not 30. And I'm close enough. I'm close enough. But I am certainly not 30 years old. Because when I'm 30 years old, everyone better watch out. And I don't know your what that singing means. Your voice is going to be fully developed. My what voice? Your singing voice. At 30? Yeah. Oh, now I have a lot to look forward yeah. to. I feel like they, this is the problem. <laughs> Everyone's always saying that when you're 25 or 26, your brain's fully developed. When you're 30, your singing voice is fully developed. Then they're putting like, when you're 18, you can buy a lotto ticket. It's just different ways for people to look at their ages as they progress and look forward to you it. got a question like back when the life expectancy was like 32 imagine you only had two years to of your sing? best singing voice imagine you only got to experience that you imagine just perfected your vibrato had six years with her best singing voice we didn't even get to hear marilyn in her prime 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 who are some i don't even want to get into the 27 club no please let's not. i can't because it's gonna get so sad no. and so dark but so, i would love to hear them sing <laughs> so um we asked the audience um what we should talk about this week and as you guys know every single week our constant battle is the the wave of nostalgia meets mm -hmm. running out of themes and so <laughs> you know we get some questions we got some answers that we've we've done full episodes on before we've covered before but Although this is not necessarily a nostalgic episode, it does speak to our college experiences into our our early to mid 20s. For sure. Which is definitely a subject we don't cover often on this podcast. Not nearly enough. No. I feel like those are while we're so free from our childhood. I'm not free from those years. I'm not free from the years that recently happened about three to four years ago. Yeah, those are those are weighing down on me like stones. Uh huh. Do you think you had a quarter life crisis? I mean, for sure. Yeah. I absolutely believe I did, and I think it happened junior year. And I don't. I'm. I oh, know geez. I've so said you were like this word. I should be getting a freaking check from this country, but I know. You think that was your quarter life I, crisis in oh, Australia? I think so. I think so. Okay. I think where it came to me being like, again, I can either choose a life of corporate monotony and be in But you finance chose that. In a different way. Okay. In a different. Joe, again, let me remind you, I was going to be a shallow water lifeguard at Typhoon Lagoon. Okay. Let me remind you that again. No one who wasn't having a quarter life crisis chooses that option. You're right. I was going through it. Because I said to myself, I'm going to be in finance for the rest of my life and be miserable and make a lot of money. Or I can pick up shit at the bottom of a two-foot pool. <laughs> and you said, I'm not going to do either of those things. I said, I, I, then I just gave up. But then I went into sales. And then I kind of was getting out of, I was kind of getting through the quarter life. Do you remember like what it felt like? Um, I honestly think for me, I had my life on track since I call it like for freshman year of college, like yes. I knew exactly what I wanted. We'll get to the crisis because one happened. But do you remember that feeling of being like 22 years old and thinking that the rest of your life 
is right in front of you yeah. and it's on your shoulders mm -hmm. and every decision you make is going to impact the rest of your life forever. Yes. Being in your first job and being like, this I'm going to be here for forever. the rest of my life. And, if I, and, and I'm never going to have the opportunity to change or grow or change career paths or change my mind. Like no. that finality of your early 20s is a crazy feeling because it always comes back to that question people will ask you whether it's in the corporate world in life in general where, where do, do you see, see yourself, yourself in five, five years? years i'm sorry i just got here <laughs> i was just born <laughs> i was like you want me to fucking think about where i'm gonna be i don't know what i'm doing tomorrow when, five years okay, so let's say so where do you you really place your your quarter life crisis at 20 i think quarter life no 21 21 it was going into senior year of okay. college again there was a lot of things weighing on me both school wise like what again what am i gonna be when i get out of school when am I going to come out? When am I going to come out? Yeah. A lot of crises was happening. I feel like for me, it was... Um, I I feel like I know when yours was. I also I'm think I know when yours is. And I don't think... Don't, I mean, I'm, okay. I, I'm acknowledging your experience. For sure. Okay. I don't think that that was your quarter life let's, crisis. Let, let's almost give each other... You say your quarter life crisis, and then I'm going to say what I think yours is. I think mine was... Um, my last full-time job okay. and COVID. I think for me it was, I just remember sitting in this very bedroom where we film this podcast now and like, go, like waking up every single morning with the worst anxiety of my entire, like I going to school, I always wanted to do, I always wanted to create art. I always wanted to make videos. Like that was always the through line since I was five years old. We mm -hmm. all know that that was the main thing was make videos, whatever that may mean. TV shows, movies, models, YouTube videos, whatever came my way, I was going to do parenting videos at BuzzFeed. Like, mm -hmm. anything I could do to get into that career. I fathered a lot of people. I, fathered, I was fathered age. to a lot of those bitches at 21 mm -hmm. years old at BuzzFeed. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget my first week at BuzzFeed. And I posted a diaper cake. Cinderella's carriage diaper cake. 150 million views week one. Are you kidding me? There's a new me? bitch in town. He's 21 years old, a twink, and dressed head to toe in ASOS, except for his Balenciaga sneakers. Watch out, BuzzFeed. That was a great moment. How the hell do we have to make a fucking diaper, diaper cake? cake? Yeah, yeah, to the 50 million views? <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. 150 mil day one. Week one. That's a third of the United States population. More, <laughs> no, sorry. Half of. A little bit less than half, about 47% of the United States population. Wow. I had no it's like idea. It's a fucking census survey. <laughs> like from that moment at BuzzFeed, from my old job at Newsday, like I was seeing success metrically and mm -hmm. I was like, I can fucking do this shit. Like, let's go. I got to my next job. Amazing opportunities in crazy worlds, meeting celebrities, doing amazing shit. But the pressure started adding up mm -hmm. really fast. Despite the stakes being so low, like the stakes were yeah. so low, but the pressure felt so real. Um, and I think that's true of any job ever. Like you could, your job could be like reading emails and replying to emails and yet you could feel like it is life or death. Oh, so quickly. Your job could be editing a YouTube video and it could feel like life or death. Yeah. Make, writing an Instagram caption mm -hmm. could feel like someone's going to die. Because I mean, like if I've learned anything in within different jobs to that point, it's like, you're gonna you're gonna bring stress anywhere. Well, it's your Even livelihood. Low stakes. Yeah, yeah. Like that's part of it. 
But that job just kept boiling up and boiling up. COVID happened. We were home. It was twenty. It was became a twenty four hour job, and like mm-hmm. all I wanted to do was smoke my weed and jerk off at seven p.m. Like that was just the goal of my life at that point. Like all I needed, and then to fucking eat a snack in the basement was the goal of my life. Some talkies, and it would be like literally waking up every morning, heart pounding checking my phone being like what did i miss and i was waking up at 6 45 in the morning it wasn't like i was sleeping late i was waking up early panicked that i missed texts overnight and i'd be in trouble because i didn't <laughs> respond to those texts overnight that's really scary that's like ptsd shit and, but they were, it was really it, it was happening in real time but it became a little pt because it kept going after i quit but um so i think i remember being driven to online therapy for the first time because of that job because i was sitting at my desk Mm -hmm. i don't even remember what happened i think i was just told to do something and i remember like being like okay thanks guys like i'll I'll circle back and like hung up the zoom slammed my laptop shot and like threw a cup against the wall and screamed at the top of my lungs and i was like that can't happen. No, I'm going to kill myself. I was like, this is yeah. actually like genuinely like this is not normal. I'm writing Instagram captions for someone like this is not. Yeah. I am not at NYU Langone. You know what I mean? No, you weren't helping anyone's. <laughs> like, you weren't saving anybody's life. No. And I felt like I was. And I think that triggered a year long crisis. Because you also felt like their life depended on you. Yes. I feel like that's what was yes. happening, especially with those little Instagram captions. Yeah, yeah it might have yeah. been an Instagram caption because I fuck but how up. How do people perceive them because of you? I fuck up. Twenty million people yep. are canceling that person. It lands on me. Yeah, and not even the person. No. Yeah. Oh, I can't. I can barely click post for myself. <laughs> I can't imagine can running imagine? someone's Instagram with millions of followers. And you're not just posting at like oh work hours. God. It's time you're out for drinks with your friends. You post because it's time to post. You get the pictures. You to post. You get you're out for drinks. It's ten. No. P- it's no. ten p.m. on a t- Tuesday night. Joe, you get Mm-mm. pictures sent to you from a fashion show, and it's like, okay, what's my caption? And it's fun. Like that's fun. And there's a friendly environment that comes with it. But there is just because of what social media is like you're suddenly your whole night's ruined you're pitching ideas you get your idea pitched you post it no you now check your phone every five seconds and you're out with your friends you completely lose contact with who you're speaking to you're so drilled in on that post it's so bad see it's moments like that where i would i would take the excel document of calls and put options from finance and say you know what at least that's daily i know what i'm expecting each day yeah that absolutely not it's a really interesting because again absolutely it's easy not. it's easy in many it's not like i like no you can't speak up no people say media. that that shit's easy that shit is not easy it's, but the, it's it, cushy it is you know what i'm saying I it's guess. not like i understand that people actually have to like people are working for far less and doing far more labor and and suffering far worse yeah than me being drinking a gin and tonic out and worrying that the instagram caption is wrong but mentally, it makes you feel like it's actually the most serious job in the entire world. Do you think that the midlife crisis came to, like, a full head when you decided quarter. to move? Quarter. So- oh, my God. I'm so sorry that I... I, I think it was a year-long crisis. I think it just started... Because that yeah. was winter 2020. Yeah. One, almost. And then we moved okay. in March. I feel like it almost... I was going to say when your quarter-life crisis kind of happened... Right when we were moving in, too. Because you were on a high, but, like, even getting high. you to move out of your apartment, you wanted to do it. But there was still that internal, house, like, yeah. your house, your family. Yeah. How do you make that next step? And you, I, 
I took you by the hair. You did. Thank God. And that really, like, when you think about it, though, it's very unlike you. It is. Because, like, you would kind of be passive and sit back and let me be in my ways. But, but you it, really knew that it was not time to mm-mm. be like that. That was the only, yeah, that was a one time for me. Like, again, I was just under the knife. I was just getting yeah. these meatballs out of my throat. Okay, I was I was still slurping down soups and sucking on ice creams. I, this is and these are moments where I have to think if this is someone's first episode, they should know what you mean. Oh, so if you don't know what I mean, I got my tonsils taken out when I was twenty four years old because I had strep seven times the year before, and the height of COVID makes you wonder. Makes you wonder. Makes you really question your morals, but keep going. Well, there's a lot of moral things that we could we could talk about, but we would have to get there. <laughs> but yeah, I got those meatballs taken out, and then we saw we had a timeline. Mm-hmm. And when you're gonna give me the timeline, I'm gonna get that. I'm gonna whether it's the day before or three months before. I need to know it's gonna happen because yeah. I'm gonna I'm not gonna, I'm gonna lose sleep over it. My ass wakes up from getting my tonsils taken out i'm already on street easy i'm already scrolling i got i got appointments it's appointment it's appointment it's appointment the next week i can't even speak yet they're telling me not to talk i'm out with a mask on my face looking at apartments joe's in his house i don't even think joe has told his parents yet i didn't tell my parents i was moving out until we had a lease come on well, that's how bad it was. And I'm I sure know. there's people that relate to this. Like, it was just one of those things. Like, my sister didn't move out until she was married. Like, it was kind of a household where it's like, you don't move out until you have, like, a real reason to move out. But that's very Long Island. I know. That's very... But I know it's other places, too. But it's like, you do not move out until you are married. Yeah. And, like, I was like... I'm not gonna end up dating like I was like there's no world where I'm getting married while I'm living in this house like for a million reasons also I was like I don't want to like live here but there was such a sickening guilt like a sickening sickening guilt like saying to my mom like I'm moving out but I did it on the day of the insurrection so why not well, I mean, it was already, everything was already hitting the fan. And I remember it was already so low. That was a crazy day, too, because I remember watching the, the, the as Azalea Bang said, the meth behavior of people scaling the walls uh-huh. and then having to get on a Zoom about, about Instagram. Yep. And everyone was just ignoring it. And I was like, literally, we're Stop. watching a civil war break out. Yeah. And we're talking about the Instagram captions. Like, we're still doing this shit. You're talking about Instagram captions. I'm working at a travel company. It's peak COVID. We're talking about selling people on trips. And I'm still watching the screen. And I'm seeing people crawl over the fence. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, what is life? Right. Why are, what, what, what are we doing? Everything we're doing is just fake. And yeah. it's like, well, yeah, what are we doing with our lives? What do you think that my quarter life crisis was? I think it was... um two years ago to the date. I think it was um, when we made the web show. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I want. Oh. I think you were do, and it was like, it reflects in your character on the web show. Oh yeah. But you were doing everything. And the fact that, and can we say it? Say it. That you were working a full-time job, yep. but also working full-time on, on writing and acting in the web show yep. for a month straight. Like, and then also, like, were you coaching fitness? Yes, I was coaching Also fitness. working a part-time job on top of the full-time job and doing that. And then flew away to Brazil. Brazil. I went to Brazil. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that like, was definitely, that was what, January of then 2021. then you quit your job. Yeah. January 2022. 
Yeah, into February. Yes. Yeah. And I I felt like I felt like once you quit the job, things shifted. Yeah. No, I definitely think that probably was my quarter life crisis because it, I don't think I've ever been in a. It wasn't even like I was in a the worst. Well, it probably was the worst place I've been in. But I don't think it was like I think if you it wasn't cl- I wasn't you clocking was, it. You now. If you were in that place, you would acknowledge it and clock it. Yeah. But then it was just baseline operational mode. Yes. You, this is who you are. Yeah. I was working a full-time sales job, coaching about 15 classes a week while also writing a script for three weeks straight and acting in it, knowing I had the timeline of getting on a plane to Rio de Janeiro. And you know what? And then it really all came to a front, though. It came rushing in when we released that web show. That wasn't even a year to moving into that apartment. No. That's all so crazy. Crazy. So the timeline goes, we move in March 2021. From March 2021 until, I would say, January 2022, we are smoking our pot. Yep. Talking our shit. Yep. Talking shit. Thinking our things. Coming up with big ideas manifesting doing our affirmations skinny as a needle <laughs> like, you know yeah all of those things are true i was about 14 percent body fat which is yeah. scary it really is scary to think about and i think along comes lonely we make this web show and prior to this and this also i think we get this question a lot and it's um you know how did you come to accept yourselves i think i think when you come out as gay you there it's not like the coming out is the end of that fucking story that there's so much work to to actually enjoying your life after coming out yeah because also coming out is well this is my experience after i came out i feel like i retreated a lot further into the closet i was a lot gayer when i was not gay or not out and then when i came out i was like oh it's time to hide for it's what time, and it's time to be like judgy of gays yeah. and like let that internalized homophobia out and make it out and proud out for it. Mm-hmm. Like, i'm not like those gays i'm different something was out and proud and it was internalized homophobia yeah. <laughs> and i think lonely for us was this like it's a web show we made based on like loose versions of ourselves at that time with two of our friends. I feel like a complete loser. Why do you think that is? Because I'm a fucking failure freak who has no job and wants to fuck the Grinch. I think we wrote it in a week. I think we wrote it in a week and we filmed, filmed it over with... the course of three weeks. Yeah. I edited the whole thing in one week. Yep. Then <laughs> it came all out on, on Valentine's Day. Also on all iPhone, typical good children. And it was like versions of us that we had yet to really show people. Mm-hmm. You can never have too much garlic. I was like doing content, but it wasn't like it was vulnerable content or content that was like authentic to who no, I was. No, but you were doing like Abigail Williams. You were still like, you yeah. still like shed a layer of shame. I was a little bit ahead of you at that yeah. point. Yeah. You were, it wasn't, I wouldn't say that you were shameless because there still was some shame yeah. to get through, but you definitely like I was in a way on the internet. Yeah. yeah. I was like, again, in a corporate job, not social facing with like a thousand followers Living being like, Boston. this is amazing. What? Living in Boston. Living in Boston. Doesn't help. Doesn't no, but then I moved to Brooklyn yeah, and then yeah, at yeah. least I was like, you know, and I just let my hair curl for the first time. Thank fucking God. I know. This toupee <laughs> had a go. It was in that web show. And if you want to watch it, I'll link it in this episode. Um, 
that I think the both of us, and it literally today is the, the two year anniversary of it coming out. I know. Crazy, crazy. Um, but it was like, you were on Grinder. I was going on dates. Like we were showing ourselves be gay. Yeah. In a way that we never showed anyone besides like our immediate friends mm-hmm. ever. I can't bottom. I had chicken parmesan for breakfast. I have seen you bottom after three fribbles and a mozzarella stick platter. I think you'll be fine. How do you get a last minute charcuterie board on Valentine's Day with no notice? Then we put it out into the world and they like, told our parents. Yeah, no. I, I, that day for me was, I still think about it sometimes. Like I was sobbing. Yeah. I was sobbing. I'll never forget the visual of you and I on Valentine's Day 2022 wearing t-shirts that just say lonely on them (laughs) as you're hysterically sobbing on the couch and I'm sitting there with you. I was like, this is, I was, again, that was sometimes in my life, even though I want to be present (laughs) in the moment, I am like, hello, who is directing this? I was like, whoever planned this scene, this is crazy. And of course, of course, of course it was called Lonely and we were both sitting on that couch with the shirts on and I was on Valentine's Day sobbing. Yeah. And it just like, because for so long, and and I know that our listeners feel it that this way too, but like when you are so comfortable with yourself around the people that are close to you, then you're like, okay, I have the courage to be myself on the internet or I have the courage to like keep growing that circle of people that I can start being more comfortable with until I'm that way all the time with everybody. But I wasn't that way with everybody. I was that way with, again, the people that were close to us, our friends, and they loved me for it. Yeah. My family hadn't, and I know your family either, had no clue who you were. No. Zero That's the big twist. (laughs) That was, yeah. It was like, oh, I would come home every weekend or whatever and, you know, be at the dinner table, but I was also living a double life because- Again, that's normal for a lot of people. Yeah. The people people who do not choose to put their lives out on the internet. Yeah, you could be whoever you want. Exactly. We chose in that moment. We made a choice. And it again, it was an exaggerated version of ourselves. But at the same time. But at the same time. You got some sort of seance going on in here? I'm mourning my past life. Are you dead? I might as well be. I have $79,000 of debt. All six of my boyfriends have broken up with me. And furry ball asked me to headline. Wait, that's exciting. Do you know what a furry is, Santino? No. There were a lot of truths. <laughs> there was a lot that of were put into that writing. Yeah. Okay. A lot of real life experiences that we just wrote back down into into a paper and said this is a joke. And then once it was out there, it was out there. Yeah. But we were also were in like the deepest gaslighting delusion well, of we our entire lives by the gas. We were being gaslit by this gas. Is when the gas leak was happening. So um, put put that into context. We had a gas leak again, in case you don't know. So I think when lonely dropped, it was this moment for both of us that was like, well, now what? Like it was just like we were ourselves and we didn't die. No, and nobody like it didn't it wasn't like it blew up it wasn't like it went viral i don't know why we expected it no i fully i'm not kidding i thought we were were. gonna have a tv show by the end of the year i thought i was the next well i thought we were the next abby and alana yes i was like from doing like no work to promote it like literally just like putting it out there i was like this is it i kept telling my i almost if if my friends are listening if they are listening to this podcast i almost i want to get their perspective because i was telling everybody it was like 
oh no, like, this is, yeah, this is it. You literally can't call her a bitch. You are a man. I'm gay. I'm a feminist. God, she's gonna waste her entire 20s alone. Not everybody defines their work by their number of partners. You're literally slut-shaming me again. Maybe Faith just needs more time. She's 25. That's young! Not for a woman. But she's a lesbian. So she says. Probably like, have to move to LA. I'm gonna, yeah, I might, like, I don't really know where I'm gonna see myself in about six months because I just feel like, I do love New York right now, but, you know, with the rate that, which I'm going. It's not, like, it's, it's basically like, gonna be LA. Like um, HBO is gonna call. HBO is gonna call and I'm gonna get a few agents from this. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Done. Um, it came out, it didn't even make a splash. But at the same time, it made such a deep crazy splash internally for us oh absolutely because what i did for the first time was release so much shame yeah that i and it was out there and i was actively healing from it the weeks after yeah to a point where like a month later two months later i wasn't even looking back on it i was like well, okay because two months later we started good children i know we started good children yep because what else did I have to lose? Well, yeah, I think that was the feeling. I don't think we could have done the podcast if we didn't do Lonely. And I don't think that... And to bring it to something that everyone could take away from us, I don't think we could have done Lonely if we did not have each other. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, because, again, we get asked a lot how we got this how we got this confidence, how we learned to love ourselves. And I think that um, in this moment, I kind of had the realization as you were speaking where I was like, well, it's because we were with each other. Like, it's oh, not yeah. something I could have done on my own. Like, I had to be in the presence of someone who I knew, like, openly, outwardly supported me and didn't think that everything I did was fucking weird and didn't make me second guess my ideas mm -hmm. and opinions. Like, and that, I think, opened up the lights inside of me to mm -hmm. be like, oh, I can just be myself because, like, if this person doesn't think there's something wrong with me... No. Maybe other people won't. And then once yeah. I because I I remember like some of our closest friends, some of my closest friends to this day, prior to that, my friendships with them were different too, because I was still putting on a little bit of that wall if I didn't know mm -hmm. everything about me, especially the gay things. Like and slowly, like I remember having to relearn how to retain those friendships because mm -hmm. I was like, Well, I'm now choosing to let go of that version of myself and actually be who I want to be. Yeah. You really have to make the conscious choice if you want to feel confident with who you are and love who you are to surround yourself truly with people who do not give a fuck, like who really yeah. genuinely see through to who you are. And if it, it, okay, it's, it's, it's surrounding yourself with people who do not give a fuck, but it's also like, if you're, recognizing that you're showing up in situations where you're being different versions of yourself to different groups of people you need to get to the root of why am i a different version of myself with different people is it because i'm not comfortable with this certain group of people because when you can show up to every situation and be the same exact person that people will see you for the first time for who you yeah. actually are because i think at that point i was i was sick and tired of showing up and being like Mrs. Firing it, being like, Quiet. who am yeah. I for these people versus these people? Like, yeah. Quiet, wearing different things or, you know, speaking a different way or saying, like, holding back what I was saying or, like, not making the joke or being right. like, blah, blah, blah. but 
when you can just let it all out there and let it all go, that's how you know mm-hmm. you have that confidence. And even people are saying to us, how do we get that confidence, whatever? There, listen, there are moments like every single person where you're not going to be confident. I think that we happen to be very lucky that when we're on camera, yes, we're on camera with each other. Yeah. So it, it, even if there was like a little slice of contention, like it still is aired out together. Yeah. Which is... I can't wait for the one episode that we come in and we're just fighting, fighting each other the time. whole fucking episode. <laughs> it was kind of the gay sex episode. It kind of was. It kind of was. kind of it. We were testy. Yeah. Listen, from lonely to the podcast and then it working. Talk yeah. about, talk about me feeling like the freest I've ever felt. Yeah. We have hours of footage of us sitting in two chairs talking to a camera saying hey guys today we're talking about this thing from when we're fucking 11 i know so and obviously we all have brain rot and all think we're hannah montana and all wanted to be fucking true jackson vp if you will um i would have loved to be but i and yeah i think that you and in some ways i was true true jackson Jackson president true jackson p P. true jackson P. p Um, but I think that like for us, it was also so free because it was like, oh, we finally fucking, we finally let ourselves be what we wanted to be when we were kids. Like Mm -hmm. we all know, you know what you want to do, but then like high school and college and the state of the fucking union makes you say, well, I can't actually do that. Mm -hmm. And like your parents or your professors or the internet, you're like, well, I actually can't. I don't know, become a painter or become mm-hmm. a poet or something because it's like, well, that's not lucrative and that's not going to make me money. Um, and if I went to like, if I went to school for finance and then said, when I graduated, I wanted to become a podcaster, I can guarantee you my family would be like, what the fuck are you saying? Well, do you want to know what my parents said? Yeah. What the fuck are you saying? Exactly. No, they didn't actually say that, but it, yes, it's like, because again, I never, I never let them in, yeah. in that way. But I also didn't know that's what I, I yeah. knew that I wanted to entertain people. I've always been. And finance is a very entertaining career. It's entertaining. It's so sick because it's like anything that I do sometimes, I, I find a way. And that's why I'm like, oh, I'm an actor. Because I felt like I was, I was being somebody that I knew I was not. Yeah. I was up in front of class talking about stocks you should invest in. Right. I had no idea what I was talking about, but I was studying up on it. And I made those people believe that they should be investing in Stanley Black and Decker. And I had that $750,000 of the school's endowment that we were sprinkling in there. You know what I mean? People believed it. But I put my best foot forward and I was acting. Sometimes that tricks people, and that's not a good place to be in. No, it's being a mirror ball. It's being a mirror ball. It's saying I could change everything about me to make sure that this person likes me, mm-hmm. and that's that's when you get into trouble with friendships, yep. with dating, with yep. career. Like when you've decided that the easiest way to get through life is to be the least abrasive person possible to make sure you go with every flow, assume what everyone's thinking, assume what they want you to be, assume what they want you to do. You're gonna end up miserable. Yeah. You're not. You're gonna have friends who don't know you. You're gonna have a boyfriend who has no idea who you are. You're gonna have a job you don't like. They're, you're gonna be a complete stranger to your parents, like all because you're afraid of what might happen if you actually get what you want. Might actually like come out, like transition, like the shit that you actually 
know you need, you're like, I can't do that. Yeah. So you avoid it. Come on. You know what I mean? But then, I, know, I know what you mean. It's crazy. It is crazy. And I think that like, to our point. It's really, it's not easy. We both believed it would work. Well, I believed in you. And I believed in you. Yeah. And I think that that obviously not everybody has a Joe or an Andrew or a friend to like. Yeah, we're very lucky. We're very lucky. But at the same exact time, if you want to, if you're in a situation where you're like, okay, I'm working in accounting, but I've always wanted to be an artist or a painter or whatever, like it gets to a point. Yeah, sometimes it won't work out. Right. But, but if you at the beginning believe it would work you and you like trust it we trusted it we trusted each other it never doesn't work out it might not work out in the way you think it's gonna work out like lonely is an example of that we thought we we were gonna make a web show and become celebrities overnight and become the highest grossing tv show of all time was actually the affirmation we would do before writing shooting every scene yes did that happen no not yet not yet because although lonely was a quote-unquote not like not a success in the way we thought it was gonna be Lonely led to good children. Mm-hmm. We have seen firsthand how good children can is leading to other opportunities. And when you look towards people who've been doing this shit for 10 years, I mean, that's like, part, it's just a natural step in the ladder. Yeah. So it's like, so you're working in, in healthcare and you want to become a, a, a three-dimensional medium artist. Like I would, yeah, that's, that sounds amazing. Start sculpting. Like what's the worst that happens if you start sculpting, like in your free time sculpt, it's like, you can't fail if you don't quit. No. Like, so sculpt and then the beauty of the fucking internet is you can just post shit and like yeah there's no harm in posting anything like if you get zero views if you get 25 views if you get a million views and a million hate comments like you're still in healthcare like you're still like you're still a person you still have friends Mm -hmm. you still have a world in real life so it's like i think if you just don't quit you look at people who've gotten their roses later in life. It's like, well, those people never stopped trying or mm-hmm. never, never gave up on their dream. Yep. And, and even if you're pursuing other dreams, you still have the skills of the current thing that you're doing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We also had that. That's something we can acknowledge. Yeah. We, can, we can acknowledge is like good children. Wasn't like you didn't quit your job and jump off a roof into nothing. No, you had another, you had an income source from fitness yep. and you had a savings account. Take me back. Take me back to that savings Take me back account. To savings. What the fuck is up that with us weird today? Because, like we didn't shut up. Like we. <laughs> Wait, we I do think, like a breathing exercise. It's weird because I. It's been fifty-five minutes. We've been talking for an hour. Should we do a breathing? It's just weird. Like it just creeps me out because like I don't know what we talked about and I don't know when we started talking. Me either. And it really like it was like so like. It was so. It wasn't even the fact that it was like serious, but like we had to get that off our chest. And I think it was an incredible conversation that we like. Yeah, we just needed to have it. And you know what? The last thing, and this this has nothing to do. Well, like it has to do with confidence. Something that I confronted this past week. Me. Something that I confronted this past week was I was at an event where there was different like clothing items. I got this clothing this this beautiful gently sweatshirt. Shout out to Sarah. But there were these hats, right, that I saw, and I was like, oh, I just can't pull that off. And the person I was talking to looked me in the face and said, I don't want to hear you say that ever again, because why can they pull it off and you can't pull it off? That's that's confidence. It was like, I'm not going to get the hat. Don't get me wrong. It was like a kind of like a train conductor hat, like the flat top hat. 
It was like cute. It was cute. But other people were wearing it and they looked really good in it. And then I put it on and I was like, oh, I don't know. She was like, no, you look good in it. But if you have the confidence to wear it, that's literally all that matters. You're wearing, wearing that hat. the fucking white and cowboy hat. I can watch you. I can look at you in that and say to, and say to myself, I can never pull that off. No, I can pull that off. Yeah. Who says you can pull it off and I can't exactly. pull it off? Me. Yeah. So everybody, let's change that. No one can pull something off that you can't. Who says, who says you're not perfect? Who says you're not worth it? Who says you're the only one that's hurting? Trust me, that's the price of beauty. Who says you're not pretty? Who says you're not beautiful? D says you're not confidential. Star potential. Who says you're not presidential who says you can't be in movies listen to me listen to me who says you were past the test who says you can't be the best d says d says can you tell me who said that yeah d says d says que soy imperfecta que tu eres mi dueño that's about it we've seen that song once before on the podcast early but I think early, that, early 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 but i do believe it always comes back to selena gomez for one way or another yeah for better or for worse i would say for her though it normally for me comes back for the better Yes. yes. For you in your personal experience. In my personal experience. Yes, but yeah. I know for others, it could be for worse. Well, for me, it's also the better. I just feel like sometimes she's always tied up and something ha- something's always happening. And she's always just a little bit upset. Yeah. And the music sometimes is just so sad. Well, I love Rare, the whole album. Well, yes. But seeing her perform. Well, we, we don't have to talk about that. Lose You to Love Me. We don't, <laughs> we don't have, have to talk, to talk about, about Lose You to Love Me live. Like, <laughs> it was just... Uh, uh, <laughs> so what was your quarter life crisis? My, well, I came in here thinking I had a different quarter life crisis but than I actually could... did. <laughs> you, you could be right. No, I feel like maybe it was just like, maybe my quarter life crisis was the span of three years yeah and it basically well, was once you come to terms with your sexual i think if you're queer in any way yep i'm sure that's the big one why can't my quarter life crisis when people have their midlife crises why are people saying oh they're having a midlife crisis they, they got themselves a corvette, a corvette. <laughs> why can't i get well i'm in my mid, my quarter life crisis i can't buy a fucking t- turkey egg and cheese up the road i'm kidding i can i'm kidding i can I was really thinking about that, turkey, though. Turkey, egg, and cheese. I've been into that lately. A little turkey cold cut with eggs and cheese. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Cars. I was really thinking about car payments. That freaked me out, but it made me excited for the future because I can't wait to own a car. That's my midlife crisis. I'm going to have a gorgeous car. So That's exciting. Well... If my math served me correctly, we are talking about quarter life while I should be at close to mid. By 30, I'll have a car. Okay, that's really exciting. I know. And for the other 27-year-olds out there that are driving themselves around listening to our podcast. Most people. Most. most, You're kind of winning. Well, that's – and that's something else that I always point out is people – like we take a step back. 
we have friends with full-time jobs and health insurance yep who also are like in the entertainment industry who um i've had conversations with where they've been like i like can't help but compare myself to you and andrew and like where you are in your career versus where i want to be like it makes me feel like like shit and i'm like babe you have health insurance you have a paycheck i'm avoiding the doctor at all costs (laughs) because i can't step foot in there i was like you're actually 15 steps ahead of where me and andrew would love to be like you actually can put your head on your pillow at night and go to sleep so like i think we're all the grass is always greener you're always always, but everyone's deeply insecure and afraid of being themselves so actually when you think about that it's kind of kind of easy to be confident because you know that the people who are going to hate on you are insecure mm-hmm. and the people that love you see themselves in you mm-hmm. and i see myself in a lot of people and i would like never mind and i would like to be what What? what's the what do they say i see myself in a lot of people and i see myself in people who said that Who's i feel like i've heard this before this could be a line in pitch perfect which that's happening for you this week. And I, that's a non-negotiable for me. Time. I'm sorry. You have time. I'm busy. I need you to watch. I'm busy pitch- tomorrow. Okay. I'm busy Wednesday. All right. I'm busy Thursday. Sure. I'm busy Friday. Okay. I'm busy Saturday. Okay. But you're busy Sunday. I'm busy Sunday. Well, maybe that's Monday after we record, but I need you to watch Pitch Perfect 3. I need you. I need you to do that for me. Okay. For you, I'll watch it. Okay. It's so amazing. Like, there's something about it's just like it makes you think about patriotism on that episode. I remember that um, that movie, but I think you're gonna thoroughly enjoy. Well, if it's sponsored by the U.S. government, I'm not gonna love it. I wouldn't say it's sponsored by the U.S. government, but they're like definitely like performing at like a like I feel like it's almost like a marine show. Is Pitch Perfect three Pentagon propaganda in the guise of a musical? Listen, yeah, if they can make yeah, it is yeah, yeah. It's just like why? Why is extensive involvement of U.S. defense and intelligence agencies in the production of popular Hollywood, which we all know, any movie that has like army in it and shit, the government is helping produce and giving money to. And then, in order to get that money, you have to make sure the way that the government, the way that the military is portrayed, is in line with what the government wants (gasps) it to be portrayed as. It's say it with me. Do you think I'm going to get canceled for saying you should watch Pitch Perfect three? But listen. If you can't have confidence and they can make bumper This appears Berlin, to be confirmed by Lieutenant Colonel Thomas Lenski, Lesniski, who has said that changes were made to the script of Pitch Perfect 3 to make sure that the way that the military is portrayed is done right. I got to watch it again. I got to watch it again under this lens. The music hits. I got to learn another language and it needs to happen soon. It's, it's, it's game time. We're in the home stretch. I need, I have six months, and I gotta learn either Spanish, Italian, and French. Yeah, because I want a home in each one of those places, and I'm not gonna move somewhere unless I know their language. That's why I'm not moving to Greece. I could really go for egg rolls. But I've been really kind of on a tie kick. I just want to pad say you every day. This is a side note. And I'm kind of, you know, when it comes to dumplings, pan fried always. 
good children to the guidance office. Hi, guys. Um, my question is for Andrew. Um, this is not life advice related at all. I'm just truly so curious. Are you still working at the bakery? Um, can you update us on that? I also bake for a living, and so I just need to know more details. What are you baking? Are you in pastry, bread? Like, what's going on? I would just love to know more. Okay, love you guys. I love that question. Um, it actually is so funny that this question comes up in my own personal life as well. People be like, "Are Almost you still every day. Everyone's asking working me all the time. at that bakery?" People that I work with at the fitness studio are like, "Are you working at the bakery still?" Um, so, for those of you who didn't know, I was working at the Hungry Gnome with Woo! Chef Danielle Sepsi. Yes, who was on the Big Brunch? You know she's got those goods, and I was working at that bakery about Monday and Mondays and Fridays. Um, just during the holiday season because she needed some help, but I hate to break the news to everybody. And maybe this is a call out to Danielle. I wasn't baking anything. Actually, I was packing, um, some goods. I was packing the goods, but there were scones, there were muffins, there were cookies, and I was eating all of them. But I will say one thing about working in that bakery. And it did revitalize me to get back into baking. I really, really like it's one of my passions. And I made these crazy cookie butter chocolate chip cookies last night that Joe can attest to. And yeah, they were fantastic. They were fantastic. So, yes, am I, I'm a baker through and through. I wasn't current. I wasn't baking. I just smelt of the baked goods and was helping a friend. Hi, this is Danielle Sepsi. I am the chef and owner of the Hungry Gnome Bakery. Uh Andrew was a seasonal employee with us at the Hungry Gnome, and I would say that his time at the Hungry Gnome had its ups and downs. Although he was eager to learn and really lend a hand anywhere he could, I would say that the sheer volume of the carbs and butter that surrounded him was sometimes a bit of an overwhelming distraction. There were a few instances during the holidays where orders were incorrectly packed by Andrew, causing us to have to retrace our steps and reopen the boxes and, and figure out who was missing items, which can be a little bit chaotic um, and not really the most efficient use of our time. But overall, I think his passion for baking, his zest for life uh, were really infectious and it was very pleasant to be around. So I would say we would welcome Andrew back anytime, but maybe in the role of cookie scooper or biscuit baster, something more um, hands-on with the baking, maybe less about the logistics, but we will give him another chance uh, in that area, and uh, we hope to see him back. Hey, I just wanted to ask him a question. Um, what was one of your most embarrassing moments in elementary I mean, it wasn't really even that embarrassing. It was more, it was first grade. I think I might've talked about this, but it was first grade. You cut that girl's hair. I didn't cut her hair, Joe. I ripped her hair out of her head. Stop. I ripped the hair off the top of her head. Yeah. And she had to wear bandanas for the rest of the year. Shut the fuck up. Stop. stop, stop. (laughs) I actually hate that story. Yeah. So 
Um, I mean, that wasn't even embarrassing for me. That was just like just criminal, criminal and mortifying. No, I would say that the worst, the only thing that's sticking out for me right now is when I fell in front of the entire class and I got up and I started laughing and then immediately started sobbing. And then I realized I also like simultaneously shit my pants. This was first grade. And then what do you mean? Since I shit my pants. (laughs) What do you mean? I I don't think I've ever said this on the podcast. So yeah, when I was in first grade, there was, a, I, it will stick with me for the rest of my life because what was I six? I fell on the way to the bathroom and <laughs> when you fall and when you're embarrassed, you get up and you start, sometimes you're laughing <laughs> and I started crying. And what I didn't realize that in the moment as well, when I made impact with the floor was then I also like, like I let out a little, um, a little a toot and that toot was definitely in in there nestled and then i was mortified and then i went to the bathroom and then since i had shit in my pants i had to tell my teacher that i shit my pants and then i had to go to the nurse's office and they had like extra underwears there and then i think that they needed to contact my mom and she had to either bring me an extra pair of underwear or i had to use a used pair of underwear i think i opted for the used pair of underwear at that point but that was pretty mortifying for me I feel like this is like really free. This is such a freeing podcast. <laughs> sure it is. Yeah. Um. Anyways, what was yours? In elementary school, I don't think anything could possibly beat. And I have told this story before, but when I came in for student body elections with a rap, and then I I panicked and didn't do the rap because <laughs> saw the lyrics and said, "Are you you're gonna rap?" And I said, "Well, no, I won't, no," and never forgot. I went up there, I gave my speech to the group. I think that was the first time my confidence was truly shaken. Mm. My faith is shaken. Like, it was one of those moments where I was like, I went in so ready to rap. And I believed had I rapped, the numbers that day would have looked different. You would have won. And I just remember every, every line break having to go, clap it up. Clap it up. When was you were saying that during the speech? <laughs> it was like so. Say it was like no. I want to oh. be your president. I so I didn't do the rap, but it was probably originally like I want to be your president. Like dun 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 in the cafeteria. But instead, I was like, I want to be your president. <laughs> we're going to have updated lunches in the cafeteria. Clap it up. I think no, like like something in your situation, something happened to you. In my situation, I happened to to myself. Like I was the inciting incident. Seventeen years later, I I feel like I'm in that cafeteria. Clap it up. Sick. Watching that, being sick. Clap it up. Good children children to the the cafeteria. cafeteria. Hey, you guys. Um, so I know what you're thinking. I can't even titty balance because I'm so short. Are they at a circuit party? No. What are we eating? We're eating a chicken roll from Leonardo's Pizzeria in Massapequa. And the reason that we don't have shirts on is because we are fully standing up, took the shirts off because we're about to film. 
I'm not going to get saucy. And I know I'd drip. I would be dripping all over these. I love Leonardo's. There was an employee that harassed us both on Grinder for four years. <laughs> I would remake accounts after being banned and blocked and just rejoin. And any friend of ours also who was on Grinder at that time would be harassed by this employee. But the best artichoke slice you could get. But I'll tell you one thing about this employee. And if he's listening, you know. Each picture looks a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Every single time, it was a little bit more promising than the last. I was going to say, he kept getting cuter. <laughs> he kept getting cuter, but the words cut even harder. Yeah, they were. And because then you would like stop answering and then you'd be like, okay, you fat bitch. I would get like, I remember getting one from him that was like, unsolicited. Like, I never spoke to him. And it was like, you fucking loser ass BuzzFeed bitch think you're better than everybody else. What, out of nowhere, like, I guess my, my Instagram was linked at that time. Mm. And I did think I was better than everybody else. So he did read me down. He, he kind of was. But reading. I didn't ask for the reading. You know, it wasn't like. I think he said. It's not like I was on Grinder being a bitch. I was on Grinder scared for my life that someone would message me. I think he said, you honestly aren't even that cute. But <laughs> <laughs> honestly, like. He kind of read me down for that one, too. That coming out of the gate? Like, yeah, you brought it up. You're not even that cute. <laughs> you're not even that cute. Um, but I will say, just to describe a chicken roll for our, um, I can only presume, Midwestern listeners. Um, that maybe maybe you do have chicken rolls. Maybe you do. Who's to say? But it's just a chicken cutlet chopped up with a little mozzarella, a little bit of tomato sauce wrapped in pizza dough. And then you dip it in more sauce. So if you know one or two things about us, it's not going to bode well for the next episode. If there's a lot of weird moments of silence, you'll know what's happening when the mics are being muted. I feel like half the edit episode will have to be edited out. Andrew's going to be like this. <laughs> you know when I twist my neck to the side? Like, I'm. <laughs> it's actually kind of crazy that I can get it like that. When I twist my neck to the side like that, I'm, I'm experiencing severe acid reflux. Severe. And this is what we're washing it down with. It is cold brews from Duncan. We should do of what I eat in the day. <laughs> it's like chicken roll, washing the it down. Hate, the hate we would get. The way people would be, it would be the worst experience of our lives. Mm -hmm. like, no wonder you look like that. Exactly. You complain about how you feel. You complain about how you look. You can't take your shirt off. Yeah, well, maybe you should be eating chicken rolls, washing it down <laughs> with a latte. Shut up. <laughs> I'm getting angry about fake comments that don't exist. <laughs> What? Should we make her should we make the thumbnail of this episode like a shot from this of us like <laughs> Okay guys. Alright guys. Time to put on our shirts and get back to work. We're hard work working men. See how hairy my back my back is? Oh my god. Well why did you have to say it like that? I know I it wasn't even like I was it wasn't uh... Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I think I had a great time. Me and too. I, as always, have a wonderful time catching up with you every week. Every single week. Um, it's, it's, it's it's one of the greatest joys in life. It's the only joy in life in so many ways. At this point, yeah. 
Um, thank you so much for tuning in to another beautiful episode of Good Children. You know what to do. Don't forget to do your homework. Like, comment, subscribe, rate, review. Click that bell button on YouTube. And you guys are clicking. People are clicking. I'm looking at the results every single week. It's increasing. Okay, but I want to see the number get higher. I really do. Yeah, we want to see the number get higher. I'm not happy. And we're getting reviews. We are getting reviews coming in. Are they coming in? They're coming in, but still at a slower rate. Okay. And I still okay. want 150 really quick. I no, I want 600. Okay. I want 600 by the end of the month. But okay, what whoa. are we gonna? What are, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? You guys have a lot of work cut out for well, you. It's, it's work. It's also Daddy like, Andrew's gonna be very mad at you. Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like if this isn't an MLM because no one's benefiting from this underneath us, and there's no one at the top really because, oh, well, there's only one top in this room. But um, spread it, spread it the word to your friends. Spread the good word. Six hundred reviews means you're spreading the word. If there was. 30 of you that sent it to 200 people <laughs> come on no sorry 30 of you that sent it to 20 people that's easy i want 30 to send it to 200, 200. we get six thousand reviews yeah and if you want to join us for even more good children don't forget to subscribe to patreon the link is in bio um and we bring you a bonus episode every single week covering themes such as orange juice our personal lives there are vlogs on there as dating, well dating yeah, there's some like there's some there's definitely some things I wish I didn't say, but it's seven dollars a month, and I'll tell you that community is growing. It's growing. it's growing. There's so many new patrons in the group chat now. It's kind of crazy. Lastly, welcome to all these these new listeners and these new viewers. Where we got some gays, you guys. I know that we've all been wondering, and we got some gays. We got we got some gays. And it feels it feels good. It feels. It feels honorable. It feels like we found a place in the world. Yep. Um, a hole is being filled. A hole, a deep cavernous hole. And I hope you can, both of us. I hope you can go to sleep knowing that holes are being filled. But our holes are filled. And that's and with that, we'll, we'll see, see you next week. week. On the outside, always looking in, will I ever be more than I've always been? Cause I'm tap, tap, tapping on the glass. I'm waving through a window. I try to speak, but nobody can hear. So I wait around for an answer to appear while I'm watch, watch, watching people pass. I'm waving through a window. Can anybody see? Is anybody waving back at me? <laughs> this episode just gets weirder and weirder. <laughs> but the thing is, in my head, like that whole time, I'm like, we obviously, be on it's Broadway. Yeah, well, obviously, yeah.